Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern Ned Reynolds in the studio. Thank God it's Friday. So let's talk about the Ryder Cup. I know you were real excited at 1.30 this morning when they started it. <laughs> but I'm not excited now. Okay, tell me what's going on. Well, first round's been completed. They're playing at Marco Simone Golf Club, which is outside Rome. Very first time ever that the Ryder Cup has been held in Italy. And it is not good for the USA. USA is the underdog against these, these guys. You have to understand the European team. These are all uh, citizens of other countries. They all live here. Yep. They live in the United States, and they play on the PGA Tour. Rory McIlroy and John Rahm and people of this caliber. Now, it's not all of them, but uh, many of them are. Tommy Fleetwood, people like this. Anyway, end of the first round, Europe 4, USA nothing. Now, they do play a second round, which should be getting underway just about now. But that's the way the first round works. Second round will be tomorrow, third round on Sunday. But... Europe is favored to win this thing, but they were favored two years ago at Whistling Straits in Wisconsin, and the USA did win, but that was on USA soil. This is on European soil in Italy, and it doesn't bode very well for the red, white, and blue. Still a little bit left to play, though. <laughs> Don't just throw in the towel just yet, Ned. Go Team USA. All right, Notre Dame, Duke tomorrow. Um, you never really hear about Duke in the uh, football scheme. Usually it's basketball, but it's, uh, what's at stake here? Well, Duke University is pretty good. Their football team has really come on. They do have a national ranking, and uh, they host Notre Dame this time. This is uh, very interesting because they play in Durham, and Notre Dame is coming off of a near miss last week against Ohio State. Duke has been winning on a regular basis. They knocked off UConn last week. They also knocked off Clemson earlier this week. But even of more important that, <laughs> Notre Dame, I wonder how many realize this, they are quasi-members of the Atlantic Coast Conference. They are in every other sport except football. And in football, they're mandated to play five games, five games or more per year. Well, usually they limit it to just those five because they play an intersectional schedule. Notre Dame has won 29 straight Atlantic Coast Conference games. 29 straight. And now they go up against Duke. Let's see what happens. This will be a a really interesting set of circumstances here. And uh, it'll be a big one as far as the national rankings are concerned as well. A lot of great games coming up this week, sir. Oh, yeah, gosh, yes. Uh, Speaking of which, um, Missouri State. Definitely got a big test against uh, Southern Illinois tomorrow. This is not the easy test that the Bears were hoping they would open the conference season with, but, but hey, that's they've got to play them, and that's part of the contest, part of the way things shape up. The Bears are playing Southern Illinois in Carbondale. This is one of the oldest rivalries in Division One AA ever, and you know the Bears and Salukis have been playing forever in basketball and baseball. And, of course, in football now that they're conference members. Uh, the Salukis lead in wins in this series, 12-10. to 10. But the fact of the matter remains that last season, the Bears had a 14-0 lead and blew it. And Southern Illinois won 38-20, to, to 20, I think the final score was. But the, the fact remains, the Bears want to get off to a good start in the conference, have to go to Salukiville, as Charlie Spoonhour used to call Carbondale, and play tomorrow. It's a late afternoon game. Bears are probably a slight underdog to SIU. SIU's undefeated and coming off a bye week. 
that'll help them a lot. The Bears had a big win last week, but the fact of the matter remains, we'll see what happens. It'll definitely be decided on the field tomorrow. Um, you know, it's funny, growing up in Cape Girardeau, of course, we're, we're relatively close to Carbondale. Oh, yeah. And I still, after all these years, have no idea what a Saluki is. Dog. Okay, well, thanks. Now I know. <laughs> so the Cardinals host the uh, Reds this weekend. Um, you going to go to the game? I have tickets, but no, I'm not going to go up. Hey, last minute, you could actually get Ned Reynolds' tickets you right could. here. <laughs> hey, hey, He'll be, even sign them for you. <laughs> you. You want those tickets? Yeah, I'll sell them to you. And, and they're for Saturday night when the game, the Reds-Cardinals game, is followed by Adam Wainwright and his band. So it's kind of more, I think this is kind of a, hey, see you next year party. Well, in a sense it is. It's also farewell to Wainwright. Of course, he won't of be course. Coming back. Yeah. And he's not going to pitch. His uh, pitching days are done. He had his last game last month, not this past Monday night, but Monday night a week ago. So he he is finished, and the Cardinals are too. They're playing out the string. They're not going anywhere. They're going to finish last in the National League Central Division. Not last in the National League, but last in the Central Division. And that's, in a, in a sense, a moral victory. But the fact remains, it means nothing to them. It means everything to the Reds. The Reds pretty much have to win all three games to maintain any hope of a wild card berth. They are still in the wild card hunt. But with only three games remaining, it's a long shot at the very, at the very least. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, the final three games, and they have celebrations for Adam Wainwright every single night beginning tonight. Tonight, tomorrow night when his band plays, and then Sunday afternoon when it's a farewell. Well, you know, at the end of the day, he was an incredible asset to the team and helped us win when we really needed to. And, uh, yeah, if you're a big Cardinals fan, you absolutely need to go up to St. Louis and see him and say thank you and bye. And on top of that, you could be going with Ned Reynolds tickets. So, (laughs) so easy. All right, I know what two college football teams I'm going to be watching tomorrow. There are some dandies, including I think LSU-Mississippi looks pretty good. Kansas-Texas could be something. Could be. USC and Colorado. We'll definitely see if Coach Prime has got his... uh... I'll tell you what's going to happen in that game. I've already, being the... uh... Being the medium that I am, you know, I, can, I can see all in the future. I'm winning all of my wagers. And the all medium, that Ned, the medium. <laughs> see my reading. <laughs> I don't think Colorado wins, but I do think that they score on Southern Cal. Arizona State, which is not a very good team, scored big on Southern Cal last week, 28. USC outscored them 45 to 28. But I think Colorado can score on this team. Beat them, that's another story. Caleb Williams is the... Southern Cal quarterback, used to quarterback Oklahoma, and he's he's pretty good. He's a Heisman Trophy candidate. And the the uh, Colorado Buffs saw a Heisman Trophy candidate last week, and Bo Nix at Oregon, you saw what he Man, did. Man, he's he dumb carved good. carved him up. Anyway, the games, the must-watch games are Notre Dame-Duke for me. I want to see how that one ends up. Alabama on the road at Mississippi State. This is the first of two road games for Alabama uh, this this in the schedule, Mississippi State and Texas A&M next week. That's really interesting ramifications here. Uh, the Texas A&M ball club plays Arkansas in Jerry's World. That's at AT&T Stadium in Irving. That's where they always play. That is an interdivision game in the SEC. So there are some very big games going on, and you're right. Uh, Colorado and Southern Cal should be interesting, but I do think that Southern Cal probably wins. 
Last but not least, and probably the most important thing this weekend, the mid-afternoon game, Chiefs and Jets in New York at MetLife. This is a Sunday night game. Of course, it'll kick off around 7 o'clock or shortly thereafter whenever NBC decides that the kickoff should be. They're the ones who control the game. But what they don't control is the pregame. And we have two pregames, of course, right here on the cave. One is Ned Talk, which is the pre-pregame show. That starts at 5 on Sunday afternoon, followed by the Chiefs pregame show on their network, and that's 6 to 7. And then uh, Mitch Holdis and company, Dana Hughes, take over at MetLife Stadium. <laughs> this, is, this is really paradox and always has been since the New York Giants and Jets moved over to New Jersey. But those games aren't in New York City, folks. They are in New Jersey only what two miles away but still it's a different state <laughs> it's a different state but it is ned reynolds old hood that's it for is. sure well yes in a sense relative <laughs> you have a wonderful weekend sir and i'll see you on monday yes, sir